It's time for the big interview on today's show, and I'm very pleased to be talking about a subject that I know is a big deal to you guys. It's dividend investing, and I'm talking about that with Peter Vanderley. He is portfolio manager for ClearBridge Investments and the ClearBridge Dividend Strategy Fund. If you want to learn more, clearbridge.com, on Twitter at clear underscore bridge, and they are part of Leg Mason. So if you go to find Peter on the Money Life Show recent and upcoming guest page, look for the legmason.com link, which will bring you to the information page on the the ClearBridge Dividend Strategy Fund, which, by the way, is S-O-P-Y-X. Peter Vanderley, welcome to Money Life. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Chuck. Like I said, dividend investing, absolutely near and dear to the heart of my audience and something that right now I think everybody's kind of looking at going, okay, if this market's going to get a little crazy, if we may or may not be seeing a recession as we get into an election year, we've got all this other scary sort of stuff. Maybe I want to be increasing my dividend exposure because I want to be more defensive and getting downside protection. So have we gotten to where dividend investing has become an expensive strategy because everybody wants to do it? Nowhere near that, in my view, uh, Chuck. Uh, we see uh, very good opportunities in the uh, area of dividend uh, stocks. Uh, corporate America is uh, quite profitable at the moment, generating lots of uh, free cash flow, and uh, payout ratios are still conservative, meaning that they're not necessarily generous with uh, respect to paying out dividends from these profits. So we see plenty of uh, room here for for dividend growth, uh, we see valuations that are also uh, kind of like uh, normal in a way, especially in the low interest rate environment we're operating in. And uh, we think there are still uh, a lot of good times ahead of us uh, in uh, with respect to dividend investing. One of the key things that you said there was talking about the payout ratio. If the payout ratio is low and the market gets frothy, what you're really saying when you translate that into English is... There's a margin of safety in current payouts, because if the payout ratio is low, things get tight. We're not going to have to see everybody start cutting dividends because they could afford to see some some trim backs and some cutbacks without necessarily having to get to that step. Correct. That's exactly right. Uh, One of the things in dividend investing that uh, you want to uh, be sure of is that the company is in a position to, at a minimum, maintain the dividend. Obviously, you want to see the companies grow the dividend, but at a minimum, maintain it. So no dividend cut. The dividend cut is really a bad, uh, bad situation, and and it's not conducive to uh, creating shareholder value over time. So. Uh, in order to have a margin of safety, one of the areas you look at is like how generous is the company or, or uh, put differently, how aggressive is the company in terms of paying a dividend out of the earnings and the free cash flow that it generates. And if that uh, payout ratio is, as you say uh, correctly, low, then you have a margin of safety because even if earnings were to decline, let's say, in a recessionary environment, uh, then uh, because they weren't overly generous to begin with, they don't have to resort to a dividend cut and they can, at a minimum, at a minimum maintain the dividend. So payout ratio from that perspective being not high is uh, a measure of safety uh, with respect to uh, uh, downside protection in case we do go into a recession. And basically what you guys are doing at ClearBridge Dividend Strategy, if I understand it, is you are trying to provide a margin of safety. It's not, you know, obviously you're dealing with dividend stocks. If if blue chips and dividend payers are going down, and they are if the market's going down, they're not immune to that. It's basically using the dividend 
to be a measure of cushion so that under the best of circumstances, or maybe more under the worst of circumstances, the best of performance will be, you know, the market's down, but you're not down nearly so much. So from your standpoint, how much of a cushion should someone expect? I know it's very difficult to quantify, and I'm not asking you to, to do more, and I know it changes, but you've got plenty of experience running this fund, and you've been there through periods that were not just this bull market. So in terms of drawdowns, is it you hope that you're going to do a point better, two points better, you know, some percentage better? Is that the appropriate expectation for a dividend strategy versus you know, just going and buying the index fund in the space? Well, that's a great question. Uh, you know, we've we've done some study in that uh, area, as you might expect, and uh, uh, over the uh, long period of time that we have been running this uh, this strategy, um, we've had a number of drawdowns. And when we look at the, the, the scenario that unfolded in these drawdown periods, what we found is that in about seventy-five percent of those. Uh, periods where there was a drawdown in the market, uh, we outperformed, so that that's pretty good. Uh, but we also found that the more severe the drawdown was, the the, the more su- significant the outperforming was, uh, and that is an important uh, aspect because when the market really is in a tough spot and declines precipitously, that's where protection really matters. And and our strategy uh, historically has has provided that. And to put a number to it. Uh, over uh, the course of the inception of the strategy, uh, we've had like a, a downside capture of about uh, 72%, which is a, a significant reduction, obviously, from the overall market uh, drawdown that uh, that you would experience during those uh, periods of time. In terms of where you're going to find dividend-paying stocks, there are certain industries that you know, it's where most people go to think dividends, energy, utilities, etc. They have not been kind when the market has been going up. They have been laggards for a while. When you're looking for dividends, how much are you looking in the traditional places? How much are you looking in less traditional places? Yeah, we look across the board. Uh, uh, we pride ourselves uh, in uh, diversifying the portfolio, and we see opportunities across all the sectors, not just in the traditionally thought of sectors of dividends. Uh, so we find good uh, uh, dividend-paying stories in technology, for example, and also in some of the traditional uh, areas. You mentioned utilities. But even within the utility space, we can find utility names that are a little bit more growthier. So they have more earnings growth potential, more dividend growth potential. And those those utilities actually have have done quite well, uh, even during uh, up markets. They've they've done uh, well for us. So we pride ourselves in diversifying the portfolio, also from a risk mitigation standpoint. We do find opportunities in the dividend space across the spectrum and the sectors. And what we typically look for are companies that are leaders in their space, companies that uh, offer an attractive current yields, but perhaps more importantly, have the ability to meaningfully grow that dividend over time. And that dividend growth aspect is is very, very important to us. And, and we have delivered that uh, in our separately managed account program, which is uh, similar to the uh, mutual fund in terms of how we manage it. Uh, we have grown on average since inception of 2003, the dividend at around 9% per annum, which is a very strong dividend growth rate. So all in all, uh, dividend investing is not just about finding uh, high current yields. Uh, 
or finding uh, no current yield at all. It's also about looking at the prospects for seeing that dividend rise over time, providing investors with uh, a rising stream of income and inflation protection. You know, one of the things that people are most interested in when they're dividend investors, they'll they'll be very interested in what are called the dividend aristocrats, which are basically companies that have long histories of increasing their dividend. But some of those companies have long histories of not really increasing their dividend. In other words, it's a penny. And it's basically cosmetic to make sure that they are able to stay in the dividend aristocrats. When you are evaluating stocks and you're looking for that kind of growth, how easy is it to say, okay, well, you're a dividend aristocrat, but I'm not going to go for it because they're window dressing. Or am I wrong? As a dividend investor, do you not think that some of these guys are basically doing this for show to stay on the list? That's part of the analysis that occurs. So we conduct a significant due diligence on the companies, and part of that is to scrutinize that dividend growth prospect going forward. And what we're looking for are, uh, you know, companies that have that ability to meaningfully increase the dividend over time. And some of those companies are existing dividend aristocrats, uh, but not all of them are precisely for the reasons that you stated. And we're also looking for the next generation of dividend aristocrats, those that don't necessarily have a 25-year track record yet of of sequential dividend uh, increases, but are on their way. And some of those emerging dividend aristocrats are part and parcel uh, in the portfolio because we, we see that as just a question of time before they get that moniker officially. Almost out of time here, and I'm potentially going to take you out of our comfort zone on this particular question. But one of the things that happens as markets get frothy and difficult is that we see a lot of sales pitches for things that are going to keep you safe. And frequently that is indexed annuities and things along those lines. In many of these products, what you have is an index where, oh, by the way, they've stripped away the dividends. They'll show you performance of an index without showing its dividends because, well, hey, that's not what you're going to get. I recognize that you know, you're not involved in these products and, and you're not necessarily looking at them to judge them. But for you, as a dividend investor, how just blatantly crazy is it to do anything where you're looking at stocks that pay dividends as an asset class, but exclude the dividends from your thought process. Yeah, that's uh, kind of uh, an upside-down way of looking at things. Um, you know, dividends are, uh, in the end, an outcome. Uh, a company cannot uh, always afford to pay dividends, nor should the, any, every company pay dividends. Uh, companies can also not afford, uh, you know, indefinitely to increase the dividend if business. Uh, is not strong enough. So, you know, dividend increases are really a result of a company doing well, meaning earnings are going up, revenues are going up, free cash flow is going up, and as a result, it can afford to increase the dividend. And the balance sheet, the strength of the balance sheet is used to tie companies over in case for a short period of time, they fall on hard times and they can be tied over. Uh, with, with a strong balance sheet. And that's really what you're looking for, a company that is well-managed, a company that has the ability to, to maintain and increase that dividend over time because it suggests that this company is doing the right things. And in the end, uh, investing is a long-term uh, uh, you know, ph- uh, phenomenon. It's, it's about a marathon. It's not about a sprint. 
and you want to look for the companies that can be doing the right thing over the long term, and the rest will follow. If dividend growth will follow, earnings growth uh, follows, revenue growth follows, and then in the end, stock prices follow as well, and that's how you create shareholder value over time. Peter, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining me. Great to have you. Thanks again, Chuck. We'll talk soon. That's Peter Vanderly, everybody, Portfolio Manager for ClearBridge Investments. ClearBridge.com, on Twitter at Clear underscore Bridge. We'll be back with more of Money Life right after this message. Stick with us. <laughs>